0: Welcome to We Have Fun. We back. back we welcome to we, back welcome, to we welcome to we
1: Have
0: Fun. We, we have have fun. welcome to We Have Fun. 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 We have it is strong. That's a strong intro. It's long and strong, just like a ball bat. Ugh. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, tough leathery skin. Uh, it's like the Stretch Armstrong of genitalia. Uh, uh, I don't like it anymore either. Just clothespin each side. Just. For when you're trimming and what. Ugh! Stop it. Stop it. We're going to lose all of our subscribers. <laughs> anyway, what I was saying before we were so rudely interrupted by Doug's imagery is that I think in the case of Anderson and Pock, mm-hmm. there are. Well, you know what? I'll say it like this. There are. Anymore. Really. To make it a binary, two kinds of artists. Mm-hmm. There are. The STEM majors, like Anderson Pock mm-hmm. and there are the English Lit people, mm-hmm. like K Dot. Okay. Like your three stacks. Well, you know what, though? He's kind of a double major. He is. Because he can do, he can, you know, get you a man that can do both. But he's been
0: around a lot longer. That's
1: true. So he's got that experience. He's got the time yeah. to dual major. But so Anderson Pock he doesn't really, he's not saying anything super clever. Like it's real and it's like, it's not artificial or anything, but mm-hmm. it's not really cleverly put together. It's really just like prose and mm-hmm. he relies on interesting and diverse um timing like musical timing yeah to, agree with to, that. to to work it around and that takes a math brain mm-hmm. whereas kendrick just he goes for it and everything's got a, a rhyme a verse it all makes sense mm-hmm. uh lyrically and it, it works it's like not catchy or poppy in any way but like there's definitely like hooks to it right and you can see where it's going it's a little bit more not to, like, make this a super white conversation, but it is a little bit more Shakespearean, where you can kind of count the beats right? as he's going. You know, like, okay, this is why it's easy to memorize, because, all right, I got, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you can't see my hand movements. Right, I but, can. But he does can, but that's where I'm going. His
0: hand is moving. It is moving. Um, I think it boils down like this. Okay. So, both of those individuals... Mm-hmm come from the school of Dr. Dre. They sure do. You're right. I think for Kendrick, he works with people Mm -hmm. to see how they do. Right. Um, It's kind of like testing them like, oh, I'm going to put this person on this song and just kind of see how it goes. Anderson Puck is much more in line with Dre's thinking, I believe, in that he's going to put someone on a song that makes the song better. Yeah, that it, it's it, everyone serves the song mm-hmm. and not themselves.
1: And it was so much easier in the nineties because you only needed Nate Dogg, right? And now you don't. We don't have Nate Dogg. R.I.P. Nate yeah. Dogg.
0: But between Anderson Pogg and this other guy that Dre's had recently, Sly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and the Family Stone. I wish just Sly. I think there is another part to his name. I can't think of what it is though. Stallone. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's
1: uh, so good. not bad.
0: But he's he's kind of tried to fill in the gaps. So, like, on... You remember Cush. I sure do. Um, Sly is the hold-up, wait-a-minute guy. Oh, okay. Um, that's not Nate Dogg. People thought it was, but it's not Nate Dogg. Interesting. Dog. It's Sly. Um, and he was all over Compton as well. Hmm. But, like, between him and Anderson Pogg, they kind of collectively fill that gap that Nate Dogg left behind.
1: I gotta tell you, I had a hard time with Compton.
0: You did? And I think that's because it's fundamentally different from 2001. Mm-hmm.
1: I consider 2001 a perfect album halfway through. <laughs> the the back half is... Ugh. It's funny because
0: 2001 and um, the game's the Red Album, Mm -hmm. are very similar in that, like, start to about track 14. Yeah. Just banger after banger. After that, it's like, let's skip ahead a few.
1: Well, that's the thing about 2001 is that it's not just bangers. Like, they're iconic. Mm -hmm. Like, like 92, 93 pens iconic. Like, every single position Mm -hmm. on that track listing is, like, Standalone Hall of Fame greatness until uh, whatever comes after. Let's get high. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> let's get high. High, high. high. Is it?
1: Uh... High. Isn't? is let's get high.
0: The fuck do you want? <laughs> Thursdays, bitches. Make it a Cosmo. <laughs> um, but. That was... Compton was the album that Dre put together after they did To Pimp a Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Once, he learned a lot from that album. It's like, alright, people still want albums that are albums where you listen to the whole thing all yeah. the way through. Mm-hmm. And Compton is very much m- more in line with that than it is 2001. Because like, there's no real single on Compton. There's yeah. some songs that slap...
1: Uh, genocide. Uh Dark Side Gone. Oh dude, what's the one with Snoop? It's like fourteen tracks in. Oh. The With John Connor. Yes. Um One Shot, One Kill. Oh my god, that is such a fucking jam.
0: And I know I've talked about this on the pod before. Mm-hmm. The lead up to it, where, oh. like the whole time you're like, alright, Snoop's gotta Snoop? be coming eventually. And his opening line Guess who's back? It ain't a fucking question. It's like he knew exactly what he there's was. There's like doing.
1: not even much of an intro. It's like ten seconds of beat. It's well, there's like the woman screaming and there's like a shooting or something, some sort of weird no, it, audio so skit.
0: The song right before it is "Deep Water," yeah, with Kendrick, where it's like. I think it's actually and the sound of Anderson Pock like gasping for breath. That mm. is, those are his vocals. Oh, that's his vocals, and it's like so all the water and mm. then like that like gasping and like screaming for help, and then you just like oh the guitar in the background. Oh, it's so good.
1: Guess who's back it ain't no fucking question John Connor's pretty good too yeah no like honestly, and I love like there's such a uh I don't know the word it's like uh there's such a swagger to that hook yeah wow. it's everything about it is just so like oh I want to do something with the song and that's
0: <laughs> That's what, like, drew me to Dre in the, to begin with was the swagger behind the mm-hmm. songs. It wasn't, like, lyrically, it's not like he was pushing the envelope in any way. Like, oh, this is, like, the best written song ever. Yeah. It was all, he served the sound of the song. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make it a good song no matter what. And I think he did that over and over again.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot. I think what really helps, at least initially, with me... And that's always an idea that I've had with with Dre is that his songs are so cinematic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that like like Cube was right, not the best rapper, no, but I mean Cube was the was the writer
0: of N.W.A. Yeah. They were so much better with him than without him.
1: But the way that he puts everything together is so like you really feel like not that you're there. Cause that's such a, that's such a cliche, but like you understand it on a deeper level than I'm hearing the song and understanding what he's talking about. Right. Um, there's a reason
0: so much of Dre's discography is considered classic. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because when you're listening to it, you understand that you're hearing something special. Yeah. That there really isn't any other sound like that out there. There's imitators, but they never really come close.
1: Yeah. And yet... And yet... You still put Hova before Dre.
0: I put Hova before Dre as... The GOAT MC. Okay. Which includes... Songwriting prowess. Shing, shing. No. Exactly. Point. Yeah. Meet case.
1: You gotta, you gotta and, listen to that podcast to get that one.
0: That's a little callback to us.
1: two episodes ago. So and just go back. Our buddy Snoop.
0: Um, but Jay Z, because he's he's still doing it. He's mm-hmm. still more active than Dre, at yep. least in the foreground. Yeah,
1: I was literally he tours somewhat regularly. I was reading something about about basically, I don't know. I mean, it's social media, so like this is obviously incorrect. But there was a post, I don't know if it was like it was it always cracks me up to read posts about rappers on like Forbes. Right. Cuz it's like what what is what is happening here? And if you like, like I don't know, something like an Equestrian Weekly reading about like the Royal Rumble, like it just doesn't make any sense. Mm. It's like two totally separate hemispheres. But they were Equestrian ta- Weekly. <laughs> There's a lot going on in Equestrian. You needed you needed to come out weekly. Yeah. Hell, if we had the money, we would do it daily.
0: How many horses died at Santa Ana or whatever it
1: was? However, <laughs> Elmer's week. stock skyrocketed. Woo! Oh. And, but it was something about Jay and how, like... I think Equestrian Weekly is definitely the title <laughs> of this pod. <laughs> how he, like, has really fallen off the brand and how, like, Beyonce's carrying the family legacy now.
0: Beyonce's, like, 20
1: years younger than him. Yeah. Well, the thing is that, like, I do... <laughs> I, I know, thought it was funny, 20, like, because so. obviously, like, I don't pay... In, I don't really give it that much credence to begin with that kind of assertion but it's just like so he's not is he still making music like reliably or is it just like
0: when he wants to yeah well I that's mean, the 444 thing. was 2 years ago mm-hmm. he and he's 50 years old so that's pretty
1: well i mean and then the carters came out not too long ago either that
0: came out after 444 yeah so yeah cuz it was like they She had Lemonade, he had 444, then they came together for the Carters.
1: And that's, you know.
0: That's how you work through a bumpy patch in a marriage.
1: I'm saying it. That's what I've always done. You put
0: it out there for your millions of fans and observers. I won't say admirers, but observers (laughs) to bear witness to.
1: And that's, you know. Yeah the beauty of 20 uh 2017
0: i think he's gonna put out more music i just think it's gonna be in his time
1: now do you think he and i ask you because you're obviously the fly on the wall here the, but do you think that he and yay are still gucci or
0: i don't know i think he's waiting until yay works through his <laughs> mental episode whatever this is um yeah I mean, Kanye tweeted out Throne 2 coming soon, like, a year ago. Maybe more. So it's like, uh we shall see, I guess. Yeah.
1: And
0: I think it was whenever they were doing, like, the, like, an album a week thing, which was a great run of albums, by mm-hmm. all means. Um, But with that said, it was weird whenever it's, like, all these people that Kanye is affiliated with put out an album, and he puts out a Nas album rather than a Jay-Z album. Yeah. I mean, the best part of that was the Jay Z put out his album the same day Nas' album came out.
1: Good. It was doing him dirty. That's that's fine. The whole thing to me is is complete spectacle. Like I just want to see what happens. It's a fun story.
0: I for want me. them to come together and make music again.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously the stakes are much higher for you. Yeah. There's no way I could possibly give a shit less.
0: Because I don't know if I've said this on here before, but I think. Peak Kanye for me is 2010, 2011, when he had Dark Twisted Fantasy and Watch the Throne. Um, after that, he got steadily worse with Jesus being his last great album.
1: Oh, so you liked Yeezus? I love Yeezus. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Yeezus was the last one, but that was Life of Pablo.
0: No, his last one was Jesus is King.
1: Oh my God. Uh, Alright, are we really going to count that? We have to. Do we have to?
0: We have to. Jeez. yay wasn't bad there's only like three songs on that I revisit on a regular basis mm-hmm. and out of a seven track album that's not a great percentage <laughs> literally less than half yes um but yeah kids see ghost was good
1: it could have been I don't know it was Wait, you hear that it was
0: but you haven't listened
1: no you should listen yeah
0: at the very least to the first song on the album with Pusha T.
1: Um, I've been listening to so many rap albums lately that I like to my to my you're, real
0: You're well out of your comfort zone. Yeah,
1: like I don't really want to listen to any of them, but I do it because like my friends want me to do it, and the whole time I'm just like playing like word games on my phone, just like listening ambiently to, to what's happening and hoping something will catch my attention.
0: Let me let me ask you a question. Alright. Do you have you ever had so who, what's a concert you've gone to where it's like you weren't really on board with the act that was there? Um, it's like it wasn't your
1: genre per se. Well, I'll, I'll say this with the metal community and, and the time that we're in right now, mm-hmm. you are, I don't want to say resigning. But you're bargaining with Mm. every show that you go to. Going to a show where the bill is 100% good for you is so so rare. Mm. Like we're at a time now where literal death metal bands are are merging tours with thrash metal bands are merging tours with like classic metal bands. Mm. It's just a weird time. It's a great. It's like it's a very melting pot kind of thing. You get all trying about getting variety. You get all types, but I mean. As far as fans go, there's so little overlap. Okay. So, like, I don't want to speak for everybody or paint with too broad of a brush, but, like, it's all metal. Like, it's all listenable to our standards. But, like, if you're going to a thrash metal show, that's a different kind of hype than, like, a death metal show or, like, like a classic metal show. Like, you are not going to go into, like, a thrash metal show with the same energy that you're going into, like... So, if I'm going to Anthrax, and Anthrax is playing, let's just say, Perfect Billing. It's a big four show. Mm -hmm. So, it's Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth, and Slayer. Now, that can't happen anymore because Slayer's disbanded, and they're retired. R.I.P. R.I.P. And, you know, Dave Mustaine's got throat cancer, so Megadeth isn't touring right now, and Metallica's fucking around in Europe. Can you bounce back from that? If you're Michael Douglas? I don't know. Maybe. Throat cancer. Oh, um, yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, the the weird thing about these guys is that they've had so much things that they've had so much in their system that should have clinically killed them at this point Mm -hmm. that the fact that they're still alive at like 60 is a medical oddity. Mm-hmm. They are so far outlying... Keith Richards. Right? They, they are such outliers that they've made the normal-sized graph about 25% as big as they should be just to show the outfield. <laughs> so, um, they're out there. But you go to those shows with a different energy than you do go to, like, okay, again, they've retired, but like a Black Sabbath show, or an Iron Maiden show, mm-hmm. or, you know, anything like that. It's, it's a different kind of, like, hype. Mm-hmm. It's it's all kind of the same energy level, but it's like when you're going to a thrash show, you're basically prepping yourself for war. Yeah. Whereas if you're going to a, like an Iron Maiden show, you're like, I'm about to hear some fucking bangers for like three and a half hours. I should pace myself and my kids are with me. You know, it's it's a it's a good time for the whole family, but this is kind of also for me, but there's not gonna be a pit. Right. It's really more of a brotherhood thing. Anyway, to my point, not to get too far off the subject, is you're gonna get, So I went to a show that was supposed to be. So it was a Slayer show. Mm-hmm. It was one of the last times Slayer came to Pittsburgh. It was Slayer, Lame of God, and a band called Death Haven, mm-hmm. as well as another band called. they're from like dallas or houston power trip okay so power trip are thrash metal in the same vein that pantera was i know i'm just saying words to you now it's true but uh, it's
0: like you're mad living this yeah
1: so so pantera (laughs) is often credited with a band that saved metal in the 90s -hmm. they're very angry very fast very creative um, with not so much their song orientation, but how they use their instruments, okay, um, and their vocal range. Power Trip kind of carries on that representation. Mm-hmm. Death Have- Death Haven or Death Heaven are an out and out death metal band, but they're kind of mainstream. I know a couple people in like local death metal bands. And I, if they have to speak for the, if they have to speak for the crowd, they're not like overwhelmingly loved. They're kind of like, they take the good parts from bands that they tour with, and they're just like this mishmash of like fan service, uh-huh. and they carry on this image that they don't really back up in their own life. So they're, um, you know, it's the the old saying, you know. If you um, if you live hardcore, then
0: you're not hardcore.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like that, except it's like reverse for them. They're kind of putting on airs. I don't know them personally. I can't really assert that putting on airs, ears. Um, but to the main two big ones, Lamb of God and Slayer, they'll draw the same crowds, but for the different for different reasons. Interesting. So it wasn't a bad bill, but they're not the same thing. Yeah. And I guess it's like that.
0: So, um, what I'm asking is like, let me give you an example. Okay. Whenever, whenever I've gone to certain shows, be it, especially if it's like local bands or something, or like when we went to emo night, yeah, decided sure decidedly not my genre mm-hmm. and I'm there and it's like. The music's not bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. People were certainly into it. Just not my cup of tea. So I'm sitting there listening to everything that they're playing, and I'm like, man, I can't wait to get in my car and listen to Biggie. Okay. Or Dre. Okay. Or anything like that. Have you had that experience?
1: I don't think I've ever had that experience. there. So when I saw... The closest I probably have ever come to that is seeing... When i saw the struts last summer mm-hmm. they played with it was them the glorious sons and like two bands whose name i can't quite recall and they were like they were okay mm-hmm. but i wasn't super interested okay like, yeah. I, I honestly think that like my buddy that i went with i think we not out of disrespect, but for we were already drunk when we got there, so it was like As you drunken disinterest. Right. Um, we basically talked through both of their sets entirely, so I, I guess that's the closest I've ever really come.
0: Yeah, but like there have been times where I've gone to shows where I like mm-hmm. whatever's going. On. Like I saw Arctic Monkeys. Okay, and it was for their AM album, which was one of my favorite. Oh yeah, albums, no big by fan. all means. Uh, loved it to death but I'm sitting there and I'm enjoying the concert like genuinely enjoying it and I'm still like I can't wait to listen to some rap Mm -hmm. like I just I don't know if it's like maybe getting exposed to one type of thing for an extended period of time all at once Mm -hmm. I'm just like I can't wait to switch it up a little bit but it happens with like every concert I go to interesting even like S- the last time I saw a Jay-Z in concert mm-hmm. was for his Magna Carta World Tour. Okay. And I was watching it. And was was like, that the Penn State one? No, that was for the Yeezus tour okay. when I was seeing Kanye. And it's funny, because like, I was at the Jay-Z show, which was like a few weeks before the Kanye one, and I was like, man, I can't wait to listen to some Kanye on the way home. And you know... Jay Z is my number one. Right, it just happens to me like every show that I go to. Hmm. But it's strongest when it's like genres that aren't necessarily mine.
1: Yeah, I get that. It still surprises me, honestly, that you listen to like not necessarily like classic rock, but like niche guys. Like I remember a couple years ago, you said that. I guess we were going to the movies, or maybe we were going to Blocktown or something, but you said that you listened to R.I.P. Blocktown. True. You said that you just got back from a Gary Clark Jr. show. Oh, love him. And I was like, are you making fun of me? I don't know. (laughs) I
0: genuinely
1: love Gary Clark Jr. That's so surprising to me. Well,
0: I discovered him through, after his first album... Um, Big Crit put out like a remix to a Gary Clark Jr. song okay and they were both on it together I was like man this is Mm -hmm. a blend of genres that I can get behind Mm -hmm. and like then I started listening to GCJ
1: yeah
0: not to be confused with Juicy J I was gonna say um okay we'll have um, to reiterate on like a regular basis and then I saw him live, and it just blew up after that, because, like, mm-hmm. that man does, like, an eight-minute guitar solo on every single song that he performs.
1: Yeah, that's the um, the one thing. I saw, um, are you familiar with Zach Wilde?
0: Before, yeah, before, yeah, yeah, you yeah, wait, yeah wait, finish
1: wait. your thought. He, Gary Clark Jr.,
0: also has that swagger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, well, I mean, that's just talented black men. I think it just comes with it.
0: Honestly, they know they've got it. Yeah. And they roll with it. Uh, Zach Wilde? Yes. The name sounds familiar.
1: So he was the third or fourth guitarist in line for Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. And he went on to start Black Label Society. Oh, I know that name. He's also in a band called Zach Sabbath. Of course he is. Where they do <laughs> covers with Ozzy's Blessing. They do. They do harder covers but pretty true to form mm. of original Black Sabbath uh, songs his show with Zach Sabbath you only I only say this because you brought up GCJ mm-hmm. not to be confused with juicy J truly uh, doing eight minute tr- eight minute guitar solos yeah I saw Zach Wild when I went to go see clutch once mm-hmm. and his act with Zach Sabbath is the most Masturbatory thing I've ever seen in person, <laughs> and so, so
0: tell me he's doing long solos. For he's that. doing
1: like fifteen-minute guitar solos,
0: but in cover songs.
1: But in cover songs, wow, wow, and is it's I'm bold. talking about. All right, so there's there's one song that they do quite often called "Children of the Grave,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a good song. It's one of those songs where it's like you think you know you think you know a band based off of their singles right? and then you get into a b-side that's a fucking banger and it doesn't sound like anything else Mm -hmm. Um, like that's the real Black Sabbath like Children of the Grave is the real sound like it's not War Pigs it's not Iron Man it's like it's stuff like that
0: I am Iron Man
1: that's exactly it yeah
0: Oh, Yeah. Modern man. modern <laughs> man. There is our We'll add that to the
1: list of Kermit jokes
0: every episode. Every That's episode.
1: our one That's our one one per episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, modern man. And he, he'll like li- literally do a 15 minute guitar solo Jesus it's a 20 minute song now and it's 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 a guitar behind the head it's guitar behind the head jumping off stage it's jumping off stage with your guitar behind your head into the crowd it's it's four roadies falling following the chord for his guitar into his amp behind yeah his amp chord if you will I think it's
0: different when it's someone like GCj who is the creator of his songs.
1: Sure. It's a little bit different. And he's like, it's only, indulging only a little bit Yeah.
0: <laughs> but
1: whenever
0: and it's something that somebody else did first. Yeah. And you're like, let me switch it up a bit. Yeah.
1: But I, that's kind of half the thing though, is that like, it's only a live event. They have no albums. Right. So it's kind of the spectacle of the thing, you know? Uh, it, it's,
0: They're not, people aren't going just to hear the songs live. They're, going to hear with a little razzle dazzle
1: they're going to hear Zach Wild's band do it right. and, and the nice thing about it is I'm pretty sure I could be wrong not that any of our listeners are on the same way but uh, no one's going to fact check this he's wrong no one's going to fact check this it doesn't fucking matter I, no
0: fact but
1: checking the, the nice thing about Zach Sabbath is that I think every member of that trio has at some point worked with either Black Sabbath or Ozzy Oh. So they're all cool. Like they're they're all they've all been there. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's easily I remember at some point. It's got to be pretty exhausting though, right? I mean, they only played like they played a half an hour set and they only played 3 songs. So, wow. Yeah. At, at some <laughs> point, songs thank you there's a guy that I always go to clutch shows with uh, my buddy Ben I don't know if you've ever met him but he uh, not, not Ben that calls in not our dad but another friend I know like 17 Bens Daddy. at one point I remember turning because we weren't like next we don't go to the shows together we just go we go separately and we meet up and I, I saw him from like 40 feet away and we both just like locked eyes. <laughs> it was just like, "This is happening. This is really going on right now." And no, you, getting out of this one. You can't help but laugh because yeah. it's just so like. Well, I mean, this is it. Yeah. This is the show. That's true. It's really more like Zach Wilde's guitar solos with some with with some Black Sabbath covers to break up the noise. But yeah. And uh, that's it's it's more more of a spectacle than anything God. else, but it's fun.
0: What if? Hmm. Did they do a song together? I'm musing now, but what if Gary Clark Jr. and Anderson Poc oh, put out something together?
1: That would be devastating to the music industry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: looking it up. Um, they have to do. They have to link up at some point, right?
1: I hope so. It seems almost an injustice not to.
0: To have one of the most talented guitarists today, working with one of the most talented drummers today. Both
1: heck of a songwriter. Heck. Heck, heck. Heck, heck. heck using, you guys, He's, he's, he's using profanity. Um,
0: oh, man, what a world that would be. Um, but, yeah. Here's the question I was going to ask you to begin yeah. with. But now we're getting down to the meat and potatoes. Mm, love it. Do you think Anderson Pock is the actualization of the sound that John Legend's character in La La Land was striving to create?
1: Ooh.
0: Because if you haven't seen La La Land, John Legend's character is at odds with Ryan Baby Goose. Ryan Baby is trying to preserve the sanctity of jazz, but while also preaching about how great it is from a mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Whereas John Legend's character is trying to push jazz into the modern era to keep it alive.
1: Mm-hmm. I think one of his actual quotes in the movie, and I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm sure,
1: was uh, "How how are you going to maintain interest if nobody wants to listen?"
0: That sounds right. Something to that effect. Yeah. It's it's
1: when they're in the studio together, right? And um, that's a really goddamn good question. Um, I think it's I'll I'll put
0: with Anderson Park. I'll throw in like
1: Thundercat, Flying Lotus, those guys. Um, you didn't have to because I don't know who those are.
0: Oh, well, you should check them out.
1: So I think that that Anderson Parks. I'll say diplomatically, democratically, mm-hmm. that Anderson Pock's the closest thing to that vision. Mm-hmm. It's tough, though, because what, what John Legend's character does in that movie is a lot more mainstream, where Anderson Pock, I think, is shamelessly himself.
0: Right. And that's why I would argue. That Anderson Park is much more in line with Baby Goose. The ideal mm-hmm.
1: than what John Legend produces in that movie. Okay. Alright, so I guess if you're saying maybe when John Legend first had <laughs> we're just referring to him as the artist. I have
0: no idea what his character's. I
1: I don't I wanna say it was probably like a Steven something. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna call him Steven Root. <laughs> Pam shot, a
0: very different <laughs> Shot
1: Pam um, shot. When maybe when he he first birthed the idea mm-hmm. that's something close to, but I think that in his own character, if he were a real person, would keep moving the goalposts. Keith, Keith, Stanfield.
0: Oh, I wish. Someone that would keep moving the goalposts. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I've got you on board with this sound. Let's try to push it a little bit
1: further. Exactly. So I think that I never really thought about it too much, but now that I am, I think that maybe the the thing is that so that the you got Baby Goose and you got Keith mm-hmm. allegedly. <laughs> And you've got Baby Goose, who's stalwart, in his opinion, that I cannot change jazz. Jazz is in a box.
0: Yeah.
1: It is. If I let it out of the box, I don't know what's going to happen. But Jazz, is,
0: jazz is chaos, and you can't change chaos.
1: Yes. Whereas Keith is saying that jazz is fluid, and it, it evolves and it changes to fit the needs of the times. Mm-hmm. But I think that on a deeper level, and this is me, you know, what's it about? Mm -hmm. I think on a deeper level, that's Keith rationalizing his need for fame and stardom and his inherent talent for making jazz music and, and kind of forcing that thing to change for him
0: rationalizing selling out basically
1: exactly that's that's exactly the point and I think that baby goose recognizes that slippery slope Mm. but it is his love for I mean a personal life what he's got going on in his relationship baby goose yeah
0: his love for
1: uh... (sighs) Regina George right no Emma Stone.
0: Well, still right. Yeah. Is it right? Who's Regina George? Mean Girls. Yeah. Not right. Not right at all. Um, (laughs) Woefully incorrect. Yeah. Um, His love for sticking, sticking with the music end of it. Mm -hmm. His love for the history of jazz and reverence for. how something's sound hasn't really changed over the decades mm-hmm. because it's timeless. Yeah. Maybe that's what he's saying, is that it doesn't need to change because it was perfect to begin with. But people changed.
1: I think you're taking advantage of me and that Bud Light seltzer. Not sponsored by Bud Light. But not sponsored by Bud Light. Um, Did you Well, like we then? haven't made that. It was interesting. It was different...
0: I think it's a stronger flavor.
1: It is a much stronger flavor. I, yes. I'm not used to that with seltzers. Yes. Not to get away from the point at hand, but I'm like a little bit caught between... <laughs> now
0: back to our regular sketch yeah, program. Not,
1: not, 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 I'm caught between like, I like your point that so much that I stopped paying attention to my point while I was listening to Do You Make Yours. And now I'm like, is he... Don't put words <laughs> in my mouth, man. No, well I was going to say that like, it is his... So he's initially extremely reluctant, you might even say remiss, mm-hmm. to join Keith and his band. Right. But it, it's kind of his, his love for Emma Stone outweighs, eventually, his love for keeping the faith. Yes. And that allows him to join, because that's really his only meal ticket.
0: Mm-hmm. Join or
1: die. Exactly. And don't tread on me, so on and so forth. And, but even when he pl- like he's on stage and he's playing, he still kind of keeps a little bit of it for himself. Yes. So like he he noticed, he recognizes that the whole thing is ridiculous. It's mm. the sunglasses in, in in the studio. It's the gimmicky outfits in the studio. It's the photographer. Yeah. It's and then when he's on stage, it's it's the nine keyboards. There there's a, there's an absurdism to the whole it's superfluous. thing. Superfluous. Yeah. And. I think that's like, it's recognizing those things to himself that kind of keeps him a little bit grounded mm-hmm. or so he's seen, like, so he thinks so, cause he doesn't see him on stage. Okay. He's in his own head about it. So like, no matter how much he like, kind of like, uh, no matter how much he notices the absurdity in his head, he doesn't recognize that he's still playing in mm. and he's still playing that part and that's what Emma Stone sees and that's why she asks him, you know, are you at least happy? Yeah. Because like, I guess it's like any other situation. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever found yourself in a situation where like this is stupid. I don't want to be here. This is dumb, but you're still doing it.
0: Oh, all the time.
1: Well, there you go. That's life, right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> i would
0: rather be in bed.
1: You're still doing it and you have to you you're you're convincing whether you want to be or not. And it, you know, it kind of takes a big fallout moment to to recognize that while you, th- you were really just fooling yourself the whole time. Right. But we really got away from that one.
0: We did. Because, well, you were blinded by La La Land.
1: I was. You can't bring up La La Land and expect me to stay on topic. Um,
0: do you think the Baby Goose, you know, in in the world of the movie, mm-hmm. he's playing at his nightclub every night. Mm-hmm. Sebs. Yes. Do you think... No. In the daytime...
1: Chicken on a stick?
0: He would listen to Anderson Bach Yeah. And enjoy it?
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? No, I don't think he would. No, no, I don't think he would. I I think that he would listen to it and be like, eh, okay. But I really just think that he's way too caught up in... 20s 30s 40s 50s old stuff Mm. i mean just taking the first five 10 minutes of the of the movie he listens i mean i know he's practicing in his head Mm -hmm. but he listens to the same four second piano bit over and over and over again it's it's that bit and then that bit and then over and over again
0: i'd be interested to get damien chazelle on the line and ask him his opinion on that someday
1: someday We'll have to save this episode so okay. that
0: we. Let's tweet this, Adam. So that we, yeah. Does he have a tweeter,
1: Damian? I, I
0: feel like it. you should know. You of all people should know.
1: I'm I'm uniquely qualified <laughs> to answer that you were question. Probably
0: at the uh, midnight premiere of First Man, hoping for some connection to La it. La
1: I never saw First Man.
0: Neil Armstrong's baby goose's dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I heard that movie was not good. I heard it was technically impressive. Hmm.
0: But not much more than that.
1: Damien Chazelle does not appear to have one.
0: Well, we'll get his publicist. We'll get his agent. Who's your agent? (laughs) Who is number two work for? Um, I think he might. I think he might listen.
1: Well, I don't think that he would not listen. I think he would eventually listen. Nope, I'm sorry. Damien Chazelle. I was just spelling his name wrong. Also followed by Jordan Peele and Brian Lynch. So there you go. Uh, Dude. (laughs) Madeline on a park bench. Whiplash. La La Land. First man. You, You retire. You retire. And you fuck a new person every day.
0: That's true. That is true. Wait, how many people are you? Do you how many mutual follows do you have between two? Them?
1: And they happen to be the guy that's responsible for every animated movie since two thousand and fifteen. I
0: I have twenty two.
1: <laughs> and Jordan Peele. Well, you follow more industry. I do insiders. I sure do. Oh no, that's not right. But got, he
0: hasn't tweeted since twenty yeah. November of twenty. My
1: mutual my follows are John Oliver, uh, Barry. Obama. All oh, right. Stephen Colbert. I thought you meant HBO's <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen, Ryan Gosling, Jordan Peele, and Brian Lynch. I don't know why it only pull, pulled up two. I don't know. But when I clicked followers, because he only has so many, eighty-nine. Well, eighty-nine following.
0: Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be the way to contact him. He doesn't seem very present.
1: Or maybe, maybe he just lurks. You know.
0: Let's see his likes How many things Has he liked recently
1: He has no likes At all So You know Likes are not endorsements Maybe
0: replies No
1: replies No he has not replied To a single person You know I followed him anyway What's the worst That could happen I think
0: we're better off Writing to his agency
1: Yeah That's probably right Um Anyways I'm gonna ask you to zets
0: I'm gonna zets Please zets This is me zetsing We were zetsing On Moonlight Bay. Um, If you haven't listened to Gary Clark Jr., you really should. He's quality entertainment. And if you haven't listened to Anderson .Bogg, you definitely should. Listen to all these people. Listen to as many people as you can. Experience as much music as you can. As long as it's in a genre you like. Don't waste time with stuff you don't like. Like, I know I don't like country music, so I'm probably never going to really listen to much in that.
1: Sphere. Uh,
0: yeah, so This is me Douglas uh, Feel free to call or write in with any questions comments or concerns or suggestions Um. Yeah Bet you didn't know I was wearing three scarves right now. Mm-hmm Yep, 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 yep. Would you look at that? Oh, my sock is crooked. I fixed it. There we go. So, yeah, that's what happened with
1: that. Oh, boy, that's dangerous. When it, you uh, don't feel relieved. You know, the piss accruing. In your, and it's just, hey. And, and you stand up and you're like, ooh, don't call an ambulance because I can't afford that. But, you know, think about calling an Uber. <laughs> right?
0: Ooh, it's a surge pricing in this area.
1: <laughs> Both in the streets and in my bladder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you know what they say. Bladder in
1: the streets. Here we go. Finish it. I just. Yeah, you made a face like you disgusted yourself. I did
0: because <laughs> I will write it down. I will not say it.
1: <laughs> Disgusting.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I really surprise myself.
1: Oh, buddy. You should see my notes.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, you can <didn't laughs> see this one.
1: I just saw. The first horse did the job. The second horse was about sending a message. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Blair. Oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. We're going to save that one. That'll be a fun discovery. Three I, I do now. think
1: there's such an injustice. Like, I'm willing to keep up this facade that we've had going for the last 10 years. where like, you're this this angel saint, baby. And I'm like... <laughs> The worst human being you've ever met. But really, if anybody knew differently, it's completely reversed. <laughs>
0: it's like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Kevin. Jeez, I have many more friends than you. T- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Terrible.
0: Oh, you're absolutely. God, if anyone ever finds that note, we, we the royal, we are done for. <laughs>
1: You saved it like a Medman. I did. I'm Phil, Phil Medman. Oh, Any yeah. Homes, yeah. What are we talking about today? Um, I don't know. I feel like we're like an hour into it. I feel like... No, no. We're only 47 minutes into it. That's roughly an hour. It's just a long intro. <laughs> the intro's my outro. It's like we used to say. What do we talk about? Let me talk about what we're talking about.
0: I've always said that. Um, well, current events, uh, Kobe Bryant just died. Yeah. With his daughter and seven other people. Sure. And if that isn't one of the greatest modern tragedies, I don't know what is. I was... I equate it to... It's like the Challenger explosion for us. Um... I of a new generation. I wouldn't
1: say that. Yeah, I'd say that's on the same wavelength. I've seen it compared to Roberto Clemente.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fitting.
1: And one of my friends asked me actually this morning. She was like, "Why am I still so upset?" And
0: I think, if I may answer, sure, sure. If, or if I might try. I mean, to I'm answer. going to provide
1: my answer, but you can give your shot.
0: If I may try to answer, it's mm-hmm. because for our generation. Mm-hmm. Kobe has always been there Mm -hmm. He's been there for us Mm -hmm. He's always been a part of the The world The dad I never had Right He's always been a part of the world And the idea And like a big part of it too He's been fairly present Mm -hmm. And the idea that That presence is gone forever Mm -hmm. Is jarring and unsettling Mm -hmm. And it really is like a wake up call of Nothing lasts forever Yeah was was, it was, I kind of felt the same way when Michael Jackson died, mm-hmm. but he was known to be more problematic. I mean, Kobe doesn't have a clean history he, either. No. But I think Kobe did more good work for the world than Michael Jackson did. Yeah. He was a little bit more of a selfless person, and more so than Michael Jackson, yeah. at least.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that a lot of that makes sense. My answer... Not to discredit yours, maybe we can find a bridge here. But my answer to her was that so we've we've had quite a few um, celebrities, artists, musicians, um, what have you, what have you, drop off in the, the past couple months. To put it um, well, crassly, yeah. But um, we've had quite a few of them pass away. Put it Kevin Crash exactly. And it's always upsetting and it's always sad, but it it's for reasons that are like, oh, well, I remember this thing about them or that thing about them or one particular moment that they put out helped me get through this thing. And Kobe was a millennial icon. Yeah. Not that he himself was a millennial, but through our entire life, like you said, he has been there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he started about when we started being culturally, uh, we started paying attention. Yes. And, you know, artists like your Michael Jackson's, you know, they weren't our generation. They weren't our generation. Like they were there for, like we were there, we Mm -hmm. witnessed them, but they, they weren't in their heyday. Mm -hmm. We witnessed black Mamba. Like that was our thing from start to finish. And, and that's what I think is so tough about this one is that like okay yes mac mac passed mac really never got start. like he got started he was getting there he was like right on the threshold he was of mega stardom
0: yeah he was just starting off he there, had a lot more to give us. there
1: are so many that were gone too soon and yeah. and so was so was kobe and his daughter and, and the other seven people but
0: the bulk of his work what he'll be known for yeah he was he had already moved on from that in life
1: exactly Whereas Mac
0: was, like, just hitting his stride. Yeah,
1: like, they never really got to do their magnum opus. Mm-hmm. And, and Kobe was good. He was good. Yeah, mob out. And I think that's the most upsetting thing, is that it was, like, he was our first icon, mm-hmm. where everybody else was just stars. Yeah. Not, to, not to discredit, it's such a weird, prickly place to, to walk, because, not to discredit anybody else, but they weren't Kobe fucking Bryant. No. And, and like I...
0: They weren't ours. Yeah. They weren't like...
1: Like the the legacy. Like
0: I will stand Prince and David Bowie until the day I die. Of course. But... And they were legends. Mm-hmm. And they still are. But they weren't of our generation. No.
1: No. Exactly. And it's like... Even it's just a simple thing. Like I, I, I tweeted it and I, I didn't mean to make it a joke. And I don't think anybody took it as one. But whenever you toss anything, anywhere, for any reason, one name... Kobe. Not even a... It's Kobe. It's Kobe. Every single time. Kobe. Kobe. And now you're...
0: Don't you dare stop saying it. No. Just give a sad little smile. Mm-hmm. Because he'd want you to smile. He would. But and, uh... I, the saddest part of it, for me, is definitely his daughter, though, too. Oh,
1: yeah. And, I mean... And
0: the other people involved. Because there was... One of her friends was on there, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think my we're both God, of her parents. But at such a young age, yeah, it's just. I mean, I we don't... don't talk about not even getting a chance to really shine.
1: Yeah, I, I, and all like. Yeah, I mean, especially with with Gianna, his daughter, like all all of the the hype and like all this like I remember him telling a story. I think it was on. It was on some late night show. It might have been Colbert. It might have been Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about, you know, people asking Kobe, you know, when are you going to have a son to carry on your legacy and everything like that? And he was like, and they'd see that right in front of Gigi. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, hey, it's me. I'm the legacy. Like, I got this. It's yeah. all on me. And like, God damn it, man. Like, you want to talk about Kobe taking too soon. Fucking 13 years old.
0: It's, it is... The one of the greatest modern tragedies yeah and i think it's um i what i really like is how i mean as much as i possibly can, sure yes, yeah. is how that video of the two of them at the game where he's like explaining something mm-hmm. went from being a meme to being like this is actually a very sweet interaction yeah and it's how we're gonna remember them
1: mm-hmm. it, it is it days. is a little bit
0: it's probably the first thing that like has aged like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that goes to say something it's 50%, you know, poignant. And I think that the other half of it is to show, you know, the people making these memes, we're not just taking the piss out of every little thing that happens. It's just like culturally how we, I don't know, share any kind of, companionship Mm -hmm. with with the outside world and i think it goes to show how quickly that transformed from like a mansplaining kind of gif meme to a a touching moment between a man and his daughter because it's like we're you know we're not trying to like turn everything into like making fun it's just like this is just a thing that we do
0: in an era we live in a time where everything is documented yeah every single thing
1: um
0: and you, can't, you just can't take everything super seriously, at least right away. Yeah. Um, what I think is worth noting is, so I went out to dinner last night.
1: Okay. Well, Money bags over here.
0: <laughs> um, I didn't pay. <laughs> um, and TVs were on of the place, and they had the news on, covering all of this, obviously. Mm-hmm. No one was talking. Everyone was watching the TV. Mm-hmm. I bet. And then the report switched over to uh, the U.S. Embassy in Iraq getting, like, rockets launched at it. People start talking. Mm-hmm. But when when it was news about Kobe and this whole crash, yeah. nobody was talking, everybody's watching the news. Yeah. And I was like, that is remarkable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and like it, arguably an active war going on and people just don't care about it.
1: Because it's so regular,
0: it is. We're exhausted with it.
1: Yeah, and it's like honestly, I think it, at the core, like we can, and not to make this a political thing, but like you can say like you know, God bless the troops, and you know they're protecting us, and everything. and it's like I don't really think any. It's so exhausting. We've been out there for I twenty mean, years.
0: It's yeah. It's like you know when people send their thoughts and prayers. Yeah, it's like it's like that's so it's meaningless at this point. Yeah.
1: But, like, fuck, man, Kobe. Um, oh, boy. Uh, and well,
0: I think that's, like, the other side of it is, like, we're all so exhausted of everything else happening in the news that something like this happens and it just crushes us.
1: Because mm-hmm. it was such, it, it really is, it, it, it's a shade of it happening in your own backyard. Yeah. It, it's something that was so safe mm-hmm. and, and good. In every way,
0: something that you thought was always going to be there, mm-hmm. at least until a ripe old age, when mm-hmm. you like expect it to happen.
1: Yeah, like if I have to extremely highball every like a, a, a number for every friend and acquaintance that I have, I'd probably place it somewhere around fifty or sixty. Mm-hmm. Even going from like my you know completely. Uh, hetero life partner Doug McGlynn to my most estranged acquaintance from English 101 and out in 2014 or 2010 Um, (laughs) I would say maybe five or six of those people are active uh, basketball fans Mm -hmm. and none of them are Lakers fans Mm -mm. and yet every single person I know is crushed by the news
0: yeah he, I think it's just he was synonymous with basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what it was. I
1: mean, especially in an era that was dominated by so many people that will be legends. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're already legends.
0: Yeah. Because like when we were little, MJ was already a legend. Michael yeah. Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah. Not Michael Jackson. My, not Michael Jackson.
0: I mean, I guess he kind of was, but he was already problematic
1: back then. Not in a basketball. Well, I mean, Michael Jordan, he ain't a saint either. Nobody is. Yeah, you know, and there's no perfect the ally. That's true.
0: You... If you live to a certain age, you have problems in your past. Hmm. That's just how it is. That's just how you go. Everybody makes... Oh, I can't decisions. wait to see what you dig up. Everybody chooses dangerously. Well, I think my note should be <laughs> some indication.
1: <laughs> Ooh, let's check the basement. <laughs> you wanna? No, that's fine. It's fine. Um... What was in that drink, Doug? I'm scared to go down there at
0: night anyways. Oh. <laughs> That's when they wake.
1: Uh. Ooh, I hate that. What <sighs> was I gonna say?
0: But like so Michael Jordan, like he was already a legend. And mm-hmm. he's a legend to us because of Space Jam. More than anything.
1: Toon Squad. Yeah.
0: When his when he did the jump man, but then his arm also outstretched like a mile. Yeah. That's the real chump, man. Those are the Air Jordans I want to buy with the logo of
1: that huge R. Yeah. I um. So, I was actually, the same person I was talking to earlier, she brought up that TMZ reported the story oh. before his family was notified. Yeah. Uh. Which is. Horrible. It just, like... Yeah. Um.
0: But also, they were citing one of Kobe Bryant's reps. Yes. So shame on that rep for going... Or at least going along with TMZ before the family was notified and everything was confirmed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really like... uh it's like watching, like, a an offensive line, like, the entire line try to recover a fumble, and every single one of them is just falling on their head and missing. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much... That's as bad a fumble as, as that whole scenario is. But I think what was more disgusting was, like, we were talking about with Sweet Baby Ben earlier. Mm-hmm. All of the different news organizations scrambling to cover the story. Yeah. Like like, it's it's like, just information, anymore. Yeah. Like like, there's no like. It doesn't emotional... matter first
0: because once it's out, everybody knows. You don't have to be.
1: Yeah.
0: You don't have to
1: stampede. So you just they they just to get the clicks, they go for it. And first they were reporting that all of his the only person not in the helicopter in that family was was his wife Vanessa. Yeah. um, and it's like, well, that's a pretty gross thing. Like, to put it as mildly as possible. Yeah. To even suggest without hard acknowledgement. Um, and then they walked oh, it back to, clicks. like, two kids. Exactly. And then they walked it back to two kids. And then it was just him by himself. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, all over the place. And, I mean, I remember telling you and Colin in the group chat. And it was like, well, can we confirm that? Or we? Go- and it's like, how do the three of us... Jackasses have more journalistic integrity right. than, like, seven or news organizations.
0: Right. And it was just like... I think part of that was just because we didn't want to believe
1: it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of it was...
0: When I first saw it, I was like, this has to be a hoax. Yeah. Like, this can't
1: be real. Yeah, I mean, the internet has already killed so many people. It's, yeah. it's tough to be like, okay, yeah, right, Kobe's dead. Yeah. Right. Mark Hamill dies,
0: like, every three months on the internet. He does,
1: Yeah. <laughs> And he takes it in stride. <laughs> He's a good chap about it, sure.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah,
1: it was. Yeah, it was all. Yesterday was a rough day. Yeah. Amen, man. It yeah, it amazing. really, really brought the store down. I'm not gonna lie to you. We were, we were really cruising there for a while, and then what around two, two or three, yeah. of the news came out, and then just
0: early afternoonish. It was like, oof.
1: Very, very dour. And like once, Closing shift.
0: once something like that sits in, it's like you just don't even know what. To, even though like you weren't personally affected, yeah, it's just like it hits you so hard. Mm-hmm. And the realization that like nothing is guaranteed, like no amount of time is guaranteed.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. like he was fifteen years older than me, yeah, and so like in my my mind, it's suddenly like, well, like what can I do in that 15 years amount of time to, like, make it worth it? And then it's like, what if I don't even have that much time? Yeah. And it's just like, you start spiraling in a thought process like that, but you you just can't think like that.
1: Yeah, I saw... There was a picture of him playing in... some sort of all-American game or all-star game or something like that against a grown man, and he was 12 years old. Mm. So I think... You know what though? You know what though on the flip side just to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I think it's people like Kobe that we had like not that we had to but we, that we looked up to that are giving you and I and as well as all these other various people with dreams and hopes and aspirations. It's what gives us delusions this, of grandeur. Yeah, well that's probably closer to than Mark, but it's what gives us all. He's probably one of he's he's number A. On the reason why we are all like, well, we got, we got, like, I'm already aged out. I'm already done. Because uh. if Kobe's doing this shit at 12, if he's playing on grand stages at 12 years old against <laughs> grown ass men, I'm sitting here pushing 28 and I don't have this fucking podcast off the ground yet. <laughs> like, it's true. It's what makes you feel so delayed in life. But I mean, that's really just a testament to his, you know, legacy. Yeah.
0: His legacy, his ability. Mm.
1: Whenever you're ready, Douglas, we are recording. In my time. In your time. My time. In the parlance of your time. Oh, man.
0: Ugh. That was really all I had to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's so easy to get caught looping around and around and around and just grieving verbally. Mm-hmm. But you gotta get it out there. Yeah. We'd hate to waste anybody's time yeah. with, you know, meaningless conversation. That's not our modus operandi. Or or our MO, if you will. No, I won't. All right. Give me the Latin. Well, I guess one uh, slightly morbid question left for you. Uh, Did you have fun? Not really. (laughs) No. I. uh, This is kind of a... The first half. I enjoyed the first half. The first half was good conversation. We
0: had him in the first half.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Second half was necessary. Also, your fault. We were doing great until you brought up Kobe.
0: Well, we had run the course, and there was nothing else really to talk yeah, about afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you things. didn't bring
1: notes. Spin it how you want. Oh, I brought notes. They just weren't talk- weren't you know good for
0: talking. <laughs> your notes?
1: I don't have any more good notes. I told you they're not for talking.
0: That's. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm just curious what your notes are that. You have them, but they're not good for talking. Um, well, they're all... It's not for talking, it's for nothing.
1: They're all... Don't you use Andy Robertson against me, you dog. They are... They're they're all... And I slaughtered you like animals. (laughs) They're all... Not just the Spider-Men, but the Spider-Women and children, too. Uh... They're all just like skit ideas for the, for when we oh, shoot yeah. in the don't summer. read those up. So, outside of that, I've got, um, can you grill a taco? I think you can. Jenga Unchained. <laughs> oh, Jenga. Uh, Marine 5. BDSM Batman. I don't know where that one came from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Dolly Parton. And somehow Bondage has come up in two consecutive episodes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) how about Vincent Van No? I don't know. (laughs) It's a niche one. Um, how about No, you freaky Dutch angle? I think (laughs) we both have that note. That's a great one. Um, and one last note of reality often changes as it's being observed. You saying reality is quantum? I'm saying that a person's reality changes. I'm not saying this. I mean, I'll assert, but I did not say that quote first. I don't have it credited to anybody, but I know that I'm not smart enough to think of something like that.
0: No, I agree.
1: All right. That your reality changes as it's being observed. So if something that you, I guess, have never seen, have never thought about, or is something that pushes your uh, thought or belief system is happening in front of your eyes... Your worldview your reality changes based off of something so um, but you know something cataclysmic like Kobe Bryant passing in a helicopter crash uh, our reality has changed yes um, I see what you're saying right yeah so something that we never thought could happen suddenly pushes the boundaries of what we understand as possible
0: and I think that's why it's so jarring.
1: yeah because I mean it's a whole life view is just
0: everything changed shattered yeah it's like Hermione says at the end of the fourth Harry Potter
1: movie thanks for classing this up with a Harry Potter reference
0: <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the exact quote but it's something like everything's gonna change now isn't it
1: mm. and that's with the time splitter thing
0: yeah and Harry's like yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. 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 It is. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: That's what I will say. Harry Potter movies, not enough
1: spinning. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, it's going to be Harry Potter meets Tucker and Dale. <laughs> I love it. Write that down. Subscribe right that you thought he wasn't here but he was here the whole time
0: he's he's was asleep
1: yeah he's still tied to the radiator yeah he's He's not leaving
0: he's like they have no good ideas
1: it's an internship
0: yeah tied handcuffed bound and gagged really what's the difference yeah it's whatever it's worse
1: in the basement he's you should be happy he's in the den
0: yeah we know he's into bondage
1: Mm mm-hmm i'm batman
0: (laughs) he like batman I mean, Batman is a leather daddy,
1: so it makes sense that he's into bondage. I mean, look at Robin. You want to yeah. tell me there wasn't some freaky going on there?
0: Where's where are the pants, Batman? Where, where are his pants? Where are the pants? Why isn't this Bruce child wearing pants?
1: Bruce, where are the pants at? Ugh, he's got some me undies on. That's not a uniform. He's going to bed. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: all right, all right, we gotta laugh. We got to laugh. We get out the shit.
0: All right. No, I didn't have fun, but it was necessary not to have fun. It was
1: engaging. It was engaging. We I'll, were engaged together. I'll take it engaged. We were engaged. Are each we engaged? Other. I'm engaged. Well, I welcome no to we ring. have engagement. I see no ring on it. Oh, yeah. I remember the first half of that song. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, didn't like it. <laughs> so for we have fun sometimes. Um, I've been Kevin. We've been known to have fun. We, I mean, uh, allegedly, we're capable of having fun. Uh, I've been Kevin. Uh, I am... Um, Who are you and how often are you that person? Traditionally, Doug. Mm-hmm. You could say always Doug. Sure. Occasionally, Douglas. Always, Dirk. Forever, Dangle. Dirk forever. <laughs> Dirk. Uh, all right, babies. Papa us off signing off.